Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, my name is Caroline Stocks with Poultry Health Today, and with me is Rodrigo Gallardo, who's a professor of poultry medicine at the University of California, Davis. Rodrigo, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for the invitation, Caroline. Now, it's well known in the in the broiler industry that infectious bronchitis is a big problem and one that's really hard to tackle because of uh, the way that the virus keeps evolving and changing. Now, you've talked about the importance of surveillance in uh, disease prevention. Can you explain a little bit what, about why that is? Bronchitis is a coronavirus, right? So it's an RNA virus that, that has uh, or induces errors whenever it replicates. So, so if we want to understand uh, a little bit better how to control it, we need to understand how it's moving or how it's changing. So we have that evolution is a two-step process in which these viruses that are you know, replicating, they are adding errors or mistakes into their genome. While that happens, you know, there's a generation of diversity. On top of that diversity that it's generated, you have a selective pressure. And that selection or selective pressure is the one that we can work uh, towards uh, easing it. So, so that would be the second step, right? Selection that, that, that allows this virus to get selected into a population that it's most predominant or, or most fit to the environment. So our role as, as veterinarians or people that works in the poultry industry would be to uh, attack the selective pressure that is affecting the virus in order to ease that selection and make it less variable. And that involves, you know, environment, vaccination, management, pH, temperature, biosecurity. So, so in that way, you know, uh, while you're, you're, you're trying to control or prevent the virus, you, you have to know which, which one is this predominant population. And that's when, uh, that's when surveillance uh, plays a role. So in terms of having a, a good surveillance protocol, then, is there, um, is there a certain time of year that people should be doing the testing? How often should they be carrying the testing out? Usually it's done throughout the year uh, because, as I said before, this, uh, th- this virus is subject to environmental pressures. And uh, the, the, the objective would be to uh, start uh, collecting samples at different ages in, in, the, in the broiler productive uh, system in order to make sure that um, what, what you're detecting, right? Because since these birds are vaccinated, uh, it might be that you detect vaccine. And that might be telling you, for example, that you're over vaccinating. And how many samples would you tend to take or would you recommend taking? So, of course, you know, stats tells you that the more the samples you get, the better the results are. Uh, there's a magic number in poultry, which is 30, uh, in which if you collect 30 samples, you, 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 you're you close to a good power or a good sample size in order to get statistical values. I usually uh, collect between 10 or 30, depending on the willingness of the producer. And sometimes if we collect 30, we pull them. We can pull them in, in groups of three or in groups of five. That gives me uh, enough information in order to, you know, uh, uh, get uh, sequences uh, that that will inform you know uh, what what genotypes are, are are around are circulating and can you just explain a little bit about about the actual testing process then how they uh, how they are used to identify which virus you have 
There's different strategies uh, depending on the laboratories that are working uh, and depending on the sample from where you're collecting the samples. It all uh, comes back to how much we know about IBV in the specific location. So uh, there are strategies such as qPCR or quantitative RT-PCR in which uh, we use primers and probes that are focusing only on certain um, genotypes of IBV. Those uh, will be uh, the ones that you use whenever you know the epidemiology of, of this coronavirus in a certain location. But at the same time, that technique doesn't have enough uh, sensitivity to changes in the, in the virus. And since this is a virus that changes a lot, uh, you need to be constantly doing uh, or using another strategy in order to uh, check for things that your primers and probes uh, uh, won't be detecting if the virus changed. So that second strategy is usually uh, doing uh, virus isolation, a conventional PCR, and then sequencing. And uh, finally, uh, my lab and other labs also have been, uh, have been uh, matching this strategy of, of virus isolation and then um, uh, uh, genetic material extraction with a, with a sequencing uh, strategy that is called uh, third generation sequencing or, or Someone calls it Minion, uh, which is uh, which is the trade name for 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 uh, Oxford Nanopore sequencing devices, which is a very small sequencer that you can connect into your laptop, and and basically gives you uh, reads from the sequences that that are in the sample uh, in a in a very uh, fast way and and somewhat accurate. So that's that's kind of like the 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 future of surveillance. The only problem is that we're not quite there yet. So uh, there's a lot of, of, um, of genetic material that you need in order to do that. There's a lot of lab work that, that, that still needs to occur before you load that machine. And it's still uh, in prices that are a little bit expensive. Now we've talked a lot about broilers there in terms of layers and uh, the surve surveillance programs that, that a producer might adopt. Is the strategy the same or would it differ? So in terms of tools and, and, and strategies itself, uh, they, they, they are very similar to broiler surveillance. Now, the problem with layers, though, is that uh, they survive for a long time. And also, uh, it's not uncommon to see, and actually it's very common, to see multiple age complexes in which you have, you know, barns that can hold up to 300,000 hens and, uh, and there's different ages inside. So that... Uh, creates uh, big challenges in terms of uh, realizing or understanding in which times you need to collect those samples. So what what we uh, usually suggest to to uh, layer producers or breeder producers in this case, too, is to um, collect samples early in the life of the of, uh, during pullet phase, also uh, close to peak of production. And then after peak of production, it's challenging. There's a lot of sampling that comes back negative, uh, particularly because uh, in every farm you need to you need to detect the time in which those chickens are being challenged. But it allows you uh, to get really good information about uh, vaccination or even over vaccination. So when you start sampling um, at times in which, uh, for example, you uh, you, va you vaccinated, for example, four or five or six weeks before, and you start getting, you know, the same vaccine, well, that might mean that, that you, 
for example, are over vaccinating and you have too much vaccine in the environment and that vaccine might be causing harm as a rolling reaction. Vaccines are tools, right? So you use them whenever you need them. And, and uh, it's very common to see in, in producers all over the world that uh, they have a, an IBV problem and they add a vaccine to their vaccination program, usually a different genotype, in order to do this thing that we were talking before, like uh, generate this cross protection. They elevate clinical signs, but then they never, they never do surveillance in order to pull that vaccine out. And, and again, they're tools, so you use them and then you, you pull them out so you can save them to a new event, a new outbreak event. That's something that we need to emphasize. If we want to keep the tools that we have right now available and useful for the future, we probably need to use that strategy of, of using, you know, alleviating the clinical problem and then pulling out. What we do here in, in, in the West Coast uh, is to uh, is a differential vaccination. So our vaccination programs from the summer are completely different than our vaccination programs in the in the in the winter in terms of IBV in broilers. Uh, that's that's really important for us because that allows us to keep the virus in check, uh, low variation, low amounts of virus in the environment. How would a producer know if they're if they're over vaccinating and what kind of um, kind of breathing time do they need to allow to to before they reintroduce the vaccination again? So when you are surveilling uh, between vaccines. Um, and you have enough time to think that the vaccine generated its immune response induced antibodies and cellular immunity and then disappeared right because the the body of the chicken the the, the organism should be able to receive a pathogen look at it and generate or, or mount an immune response and then clear it out is this chicken is not able to clear that virus out is because you have rolling reaction right and that gets generated whenever you vaccinate the population and you're not able to effectively vaccinate it all so the virus will start jumping right when you have that, it might happen that there's so much virus in the environment, uh, either by over-vaccination or by rolling reaction, that uh, adding more vaccines is not the way to go. So the idea would be to lower the amount of vaccine in the environment in order to lower the possibilities of that virus to change and lowering the possibilities of that virus to, to cause a variant strain. So uh, whenever you do surveillance and you start checking uh, or getting results, uh, that are similar to the vaccine that you applied. So if you are applying a Massachusetts strain, you start getting Massachusetts at, you know, at different times, that might be telling you that you're over vaccinating. And, and according to that, you need to, you know, start pulling vaccines one by one, and then try to check what happens clinically. There's no, no, unfortunately, no, no way of, of, uh, of, uh, pulling out the vaccine, uh, and knowing that it will it won't cause a clinical problem, right? So you need to be really careful and and take decisions that are informed by your surveillance in order to adjust vaccination problems. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com/slash/join.